Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How are you? How was your yeah, weekend? Good. Yeah, had a, a big Saturday. It was nice. Went and uh, had a barbecue at a friend's place. Watched the races. We had a horse race that didn't do any good, but it was still a good day. Oh, yeah, that's good. How about you? I, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do. I bought a circular saw. I bought a circular saw. Uh, that was the highlight of my week. I, you know, I. I, I been building this workshop in my garage so <laughs> last week i spent my a little bit of spare time carving a wooden spoon out of a leftover piece of pine it was looking pretty good i was pretty happy with it experimented with the different things decided i wanted to sand it down a little bit more uh clamped it in the vice uh or clamped it with some clamps actually to my workshop bench and it snapped in half because i had whittled it down so much and I clamped it too hard. So then I decided to make a wooden box just to hold some stuff in and uh, went and bought a circular saw, which made me feel like a man. And then I uh, cut down some old leftover wood I had from one of the twins' beds and a little bit of MDF for the base and was uh, screwing the base onto the uh, frame and the pine of the frame just started splintering mm. and... <laughs> and I FaceTime me and Kath, who's my go-to guy, and I said, "What do I do?" He goes, "Let me let me look at your screws you're using," and he goes, "Yeah, they're too big." <laughs> and did you did you drill yeah. pilot holes? I said, "Yeah, but only half the way." He goes, "You got to drill them the yeah. whole way." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, good to know." So that was my weekend, just buggering shit up. Tony. I thought you said you. I thought you were going to say you bought a circular saw because you're going in for a bit of home surgery. Now you're in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a big day. It uh, feels weird to be recording with you late Ooh. in the day. It's like, I don't know, normally we're sort of under pressure and now it's kind of, I don't know, it's a bit, a bit too relaxed. <laughs> it's good. It is yeah. nice. I like it. Um, so let's start with uh, the my Warren Buffett uh, quote that I posted on our Facebook group during the week. I love this. Don't know how I stumbled on this, but the founder of Airbnb, I see they're about to IPO in uh, the US. 
I saw an article saying Warren Buffett kicked himself for not inventing Airbnb, not not investing in it, not inventing mm. it. Um, but there was a good story in this about how the Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb, he's caught up with Buffett twice. Uh, when once stage he was there with uh, Jeff Bezos just having lunch hanging out and uh, he said Bezos asked Buffett why why people don't just copy his investing approach and his answer was nobody wants to get rich slow I, I, I just I kind of like the fact that Jeff Bezos asked him that question mm. so um, obviously not obvious to Jeff Bezos or uh, Brian Chesky, seeing as they pointed it out. Yeah, and um, that's what I've always said. I can make people a millionaire. I just can't do it overnight. Takes time. Takes time. Right. And that's where most people drop yes. out, don't they? Even the ones who start off and get all excited and get committed, you know, within 18 months' time, they're back to their old habits. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. anyway. So, yep, it, um, it, yeah. you've got to be in it for the long haul, for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, even longer if you can. <laughs> not sure I've got that much time left to me, Tony. You got twenty. What if at I've least. only what What if I've only got two left? What do I do? Oh, buy afterpay, I guess. <laughs> now into, you tell me. Buy into the Airbnb float. But Buffett yeah. was never going to invent Airbnb. The guy hardly even turns on his laptop. <laughs> like he famously yeah. famously said i bought a computer so i could play online bridge and that's all i use it for <laughs> right this is a, i was at the gym last night listening to a podcast a interview with bill gates which was interesting and uh they were talking about his relationship with buffett and i know you, you've heard this story before but for the listeners that haven't um i think it was bill's mother who organized for them to get together. She said, you need to meet Warren Buffett. This is obviously decades ago. And Bill wasn't really interested, thought I've got nothing in common with this guy. He's just an investor. He doesn't actually make anything. Um, he thought that would be boring. And um, on this interview, they said, so what happened? You know, how did the friendship, um, you know, blossom? And he said, well, the first question he asked me when we sat down is... Um, why don't IBM just take you out? Like, why, why aren't IBM just destroying you? They're bigger than you. And then Bill, he said, Bill said, no one had ever asked me that question in that way before. So he said, I spent like the first hour explaining the dynamics of the software business versus the hardware business and basically the moat, I guess, that they'd created and all this kind of stuff while they were hard to catch up with and the expertise and all this kind of stuff. And then he said he turned around and said to Warren, you know, well, um, something about macroeconomics and why does this happen and not that. And then Warren spoke for an hour <laughs> and he said like four hours later, they were still asking each other questions. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and and the interesting thing about the interview is they were asking Bill if there are any things that he's not clever about, any, any areas where he's not a genius. 
And he was talking about how, uh, you know, there's a lot of subjects that he struggles to understand. And he said, but fortunately, <laughs> I got a lot of friends who were experts <laughs> in the subjects that I'm not. So he said, if I can't understand something about macroeconomics, I just ring up Warren. And they speak every, they speak every week anyway. But if I have any questions, I just ring up Warren and I go, hey, how does this work? And Warren explains it to me. And I go, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> that reminds me of Einstein's yeah. famous quote about why he doesn't remember his uh, phone number. Because he can always look it up, <laughs> leaves the mm. leaves the brain space available for important things to remember. Yeah, well, Henry Ford had a quote like that too when he was on trial. I recall they were, I think Henry Ford was suing a newspaper for libel or defamation or something because they said he was an idiot, and the um, the uh, uh, prosecutor, the the defense attorney for the the people being sued asked him a bunch of questions that he couldn't answer and he said, I don't need to answer him. I can just pick up the phone and call one of 20 managers that I've got that can answer him if I need to. Anyway, so in this, in this, in the analogy here, I'm Bill Gates and you're Warren Buffett. That's where I was getting to with that story. Um, I'm a genius about many things. Oh, hold on, Fox. The downside of doing the recording now is Fox is home and he's knocking at my door. Even though I said I'm about to do a podcast with Tony. No, you cannot have that. Okay, I will. No, you're not allowed <laughs> to have it. Put it back. Hey, if you have that, you'll be in a lot of trouble. No, seriously, put it back. No. You can talk, talk to mummy about it when she finishes teaching. <laughs> Holding a Toblerone bar. Can I have this? <laughs> well, damn. he's got to learn you don't ask for... for for permission, you ask for doesn't Tell him Bill Gates says no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, you got any stories you want to tell oh, me about I this week before I can't we get into you stuff? thinking you're Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I made you Warren Buffett. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah, that was. You. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, just the other thing as. Um, People may have already seen on Facebook. Um, you've been because it's reporting season. You've been sending me a Bruce Lee fists of fury list of uh, <laughs> journal entries the last couple of days. And you and I did discuss last week because obviously, as you're getting old, uh, you're making. <laughs> There's been a few errors in your uh, 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 scoring lately. I said I would double check everything you sent through i didn't expect you to then send me 40 and uh yeah. i've haven't had time and rather than just hold off i did post those ones up oh, today okay. and i said to people okay just double check before you're doing because i haven't checked them i've checked a few but not all of them mm-hmm. um but uh yeah in in the future i will try and uh, run my eyes over them just to make sure I don't get anything majorly wrong. One of the things I was finding, though, already this morning, though, is that some of the numbers that came in my stock doctor download this morning were different from yours. Just like EPS would just, you know, look like relatively minor differences, but they were sort of um, changing some of the scoring later on. So, Mm, okay. I don't know. It's a bit hard to absolutely replicate your numbers, but if it's out by 0.1 or 0.01 here or there, I don't think it matters that much. No, I agree. Like, if I'm getting a point, you know, 11 and you're getting a point 12, uh, et cetera. No, okay. We can go through on, on the show next week if you want, and even today, I guess, some of those. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll get to some of those today yeah, and we'll talk okay. about them. But you're right, okay. there's a lot coming through. I mean, last week was probably the biggest 
week for companies reporting. So uh, you, there's usually a couple of days lag before the data gets into Stock Doctor. So we're starting to get um, get uh, results coming through thick and fast now. Right. And I see uh, our friends at Fortescue Metals have issued, a, I think it was a dollar dividend today. Yeah. How would you like to be Twiggy Forest, eh? A billion dollars worth of dividends in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he's worked hard for it over the last 30 years. Yeah, no, he has. Yeah, good, good, good luck to Twiggy. Um, but that will also bump up our portfolio a little bit, a couple of hundred bucks in dividends. Yeah. It'll kick in there. It will, nice. yeah. Yep. Look at that um, share price. Fortescue Metals is now $18.70. Yeah. As we speak on Monday the 24th. Yeah. $7.55 we first bought it at in yeah. August, a year ago to the day, almost. Yep. And 147% growth. I think as soon as we put it in the uh, dummy portfolio, we started getting emails. What are you buying an iron ore stock for? Haven't yeah. you seen this and that and the other? And it's like, well... Yeah, we're buying it. We won't. <laughs> it's a good we won't score. call out anybody by name who said no, that at the time fine. because okay. we're gentlemen. Those comments, are, those comments are fine, and that's that's how it goes. I mean, one of the reasons why you can buy something cheap is because people have these views that it can't go higher than what it is. Yeah, but it does. <laughs> and you Hopefully. know, I, I'm not trying to say I was a prophet. I had no idea for this gear would get to be this high. Apollo um, tourism, on the other hand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking We've of Shaver Shop our... Group, remember we had those guys on from the uh, Sydney Investors Club? Yes. And one of them they said, were big fans of Shavers. They, they yeah. weren't big fans of it, no. No? Uh, no. No, one of them said, I thought they I were... what they were oh. spruiking. They were spruiking something else like CSL oh. or Cochlear or one of those companies. And they said that they would do better than Shaver Shop. But... Uh, just looking at Shaver Shop from the depths of depression in March, it's up 300%. Wow. Is that right? From its lows in the COVID downturn, it was 30 cents and now it's 94 cents today. Wow. There you go. So, so there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And we don't own it. So there you go. No, we sold out of it. That's right. I, I, it's not even in my list here. It's never been in the dummy portfolio. Yeah, I think it has. Well, you're no. wrong. Okay. Well, we must no. have talked about it then. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we I'm sure we talked about it, but I've got the list here. It's not not okay. in Okay. No, sorry. Our transactions list at all. I do I do know we've talked about it though, yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Uh well, let's get into the questions before we get too far into this then. Clint, our trucky mate from the Brisbane dinner, whose wife Carissa we talked about last week uh, rides backwards on horses and shoots arrows. Um, Clint's the trucky. Clint says, curious to hear Tony's thoughts on considering Wilshire GDP or CAPE ratios before buying GGUS or similar. Using Howard Marks's pendulum analogy, the further it swings towards being overpriced, the riskier it must be. Maybe adjusting the three-point trendline sell price up to mitigate the risk of a quick correction. Or don't give these ratios any weight at all. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks again for an enjoyable night out. I hope you know what the hell he's talking about because I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Wilshire GDP one, but the CAPE ratio I am. Um, I think it's also sometimes called the Schiller P ratio. 
but it basically takes an average 10 years of price earnings ratios to uh, to work out whether the uh, share market is overvalued or undervalued and uh, we're, we're in the overvalued territory at the moment in the US in particular on that basis but uh, but you know the, the qualifying thing with all this is that interest rates are low and the, and the Fed's pumping money so you know to some respects all these kinds of uh, P ratios and and other benchmarks for the uh, for the share market are turned on their ear because we just haven't been through a period like this before. So no, so I don't take, take those me, things into account. Right. So take me back. Help me understand Clint's question. So there are these ratios. Yeah. So Buffett in particular measure what been, exactly? So Buffett in particular has used them in in the past to say whether the stock market is overvalued or undervalued. Uh, so the one I'm familiar with, I think, is called the Schiller-PE oh. ratio, which I think is also called the CAPE ratio. But it's basically an average of the last 10 years of price-earning ratios for the stock market. And then uh, it's compared them with the average over time, over a longer period of right. time. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm not familiar with the US market. I've forgotten what the numbers are there. In Australia, the, the long-term average is about a PE, I think, of 14 and we're higher than that at the moment. We'd be like 16, 17, 18 even perhaps. But interest so, rates are low. So that kind of mitigates that. Yeah. You know, because as we've spoken before about on the on the podcast, uh, people are prepared to pay more for companies when they can borrow easily. When, when both the company can borrow cheaply and when the investor can borrow cheaply. So I'm looking at the Schiller PE ratio. It's currently in the US uh, 31.26. And the median over the last goes back to looks like like eighteen seventy is uh, fifteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. The highest it's ever reached was forty four nineteen in December nineteen ninety nine. I think that was Prince. Uh, he was partying. <laughs> That's what made that go up. Although he was partying in nineteen eighty four. About 1999, so <laughs> don't know how that works. Anyway, yeah, so it's it's very very high based yeah. on that. So how does Buffett use that something like this? Does well, he use it just to? He's yeah, just so, use it go. to talk. People ask him all the time, do they think the share market's overvalued? And he'll point to the Schiller PE ratio to say yes, it is. Then he'll qualify it and say, but interest rates are low, so you have to take that into account too. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, it's. I don't think he would probably take it much into account when he's doing a, um, an investment for himself. Uh, right. He does it bottom-up, case-by-case, the way we do. So so to answer Clint's question, no, I don't take these things into account. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. You don't... Well, you, you don't... It's a bit like you don't care where the market is in terms of its cycle, right? Correct. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Clint. Uh, stay safe on the roads. Um, yeah. Thanks for the question, Clint. Good to hear from you. Good one. Jamie Peahead says, Cam, just looking at the STO results, which are not too good. STO is Santos, right? Correct, yeah. Um, I thought about asking Tony to go through some results on the podcast for companies in the portfolio and sum up what key things he looks at to make a decision to hold or sell. I think it's not so clear for those of us without accounting backgrounds exactly what red flags to look for and what quantum of negative news, that coincidentally was a very bad James Bond film, quantum of negative news, is enough to change our position on a particular holding. 
other than a breach of the byline, more from a fundamentals point of view. Cheers, Jamie. What do you look at, Tony? I, I do the normal scoring that we do for any company. So run them through the QAV checklist and look at the three-point trend line. Uh, the In terms of whether I might uh, want to sell a stock for, that even if it isn't breaching its three-point trend line, it would be a qualified audit if something came out this reporting season with a qualified audit and we held it, then I would sell it, even though the share price might still go up a little bit past then. Uh, other reasons I've sold stocks in the past are if there's a key resignation, like a CFO resigning around this time or a CEO even, uh, then I'd, I'd probably sell or, or an independent director on the board. But basically, because of continuous disclosure in the, in the um, Australian market and the way the ASX rules work, the, using Santos as an example, the bad news was already out there. We, we knew the bad news was coming. They were, they were keeping the market fully informed. And I think from memory, Santos took a big write down, uh, which they announced about a month ago, uh, of seven or $800 million on the carrying costs of their oil fields and, their, and um, uh, whatever other inventory they had, I guess. Uh, so we knew that there was a bad result coming, but um, but in some respects, a stock like Santos is a bit of an option on a, a on a um, a uh, what do you call it um, uh, a vaccine being developed because uh, you know Santos can't get much worse. The oil price is, is has 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 up, has turned up recently, back up to above or around forty dollars uh, from the lows that it has been earlier on in the year. But uh, once once people can start flying again and traveling and commuting and doing all those things that they would normally do, then uh, the oil price should increase and Santos will go up. So there's a lot of reasons for, uh, for something to go down. Um, they've all been declared to the market and Santos went down during the COVID period, but now it's on the way back up. So oftentimes with, in reporting season anyway, the, the, we're not focusing or the investors aren't focusing on the bottom line, but how how much it beat guidance or how much it underperformed compared to what the market was guided to. And that can often cause the share price to oscillate wildly. Um, if a company says we're going to you know, have a bad year, and we, but we still expect it to be a million dollar profit, and then they lose a million dollars, then the share price will get sold down. And that's when we have to use the three-point trend line to, um, to make our calls. So no, I, I don't necessarily go through these results in any other way apart from the QAV checklist items. Um, and for Santos, it's probably slightly worse than it was last uh, last half when we bought it. So it is going backwards and we'll have to watch it. And I think from memory, Santos now isn't a buy anymore on the on our QAV score. It's about 0.09 rather than being 0.1 or above. Um, so I wouldn't be buying Santos now, but um, I wouldn't sell it yet until it breaches its three-point trend line. What were you saying about it going backwards? Yeah, so Santos about a month ago put out a um, a press release, or trying to get up here, saying that they were going to write down their assets. Uh, a non-cash impairment. So back in 21st of July, Santos announced it expected to recognise a non-cash impairment charge in the range of 700 to 800 million dollars. Uh, before tax, uh, 490 to 560 million after tax in the 2020 half year results to be released on the 20th of August 2020. The impairment charge is due to revised oil price assumptions resulting from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic 
on energy market demand fundamentals. Right. Yep. So they're, they're, they're forecasting that whatever people thought their profit was going to be, it was going to be worse by $800 million. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you, you made some comment about when we bought it. So we bought it back in April. Yep. After it had rebounded yep. from its COVID crash. Before COVID, it was trading up around nine bucks. Um, it plummeted down to two sixty five uh, mid March. We bought it um, sort of in April at some point for beginning of April for four dollars twenty five. Mm-hmm. It's currently trading at five seventy. It did get up as high as about five eighty just before its results came out. Uh, sorry, yes, five eighty um, dropped down a couple of cents, but it's picking back up again. So. Like from, it's not in target of hitting a three-point trend line or anything, is it for us? No, I mean the sell line is going to be something like about three fifty, three sixty. Yeah, right. Yeah. So as far as we're concerned, it's a, it's definitely a hold for us. Yeah, yeah, and okay. so I think probably the thing that um, I noticed the most in Santos's results is that its stock doctor financial health score is going down. That's probably the most worrying thing, but even so, oh, it's yeah. not... yeah, they give it an early warning. Yeah, yeah, it's not enough for me to want to sell. And I don't right. know if I would sell just on that basis anyway. And the market seems to be quite happy with it. As I said, its results came out, it dipped a little bit, but then rebounded. Um, so, you know, the market doesn't seem to be worried. No, exactly. I mean, it was, it's a big company. It's been signalling all its problems to the market, so... People have factored into their models what the what they think the fair price is for Santos, and yeah, as you say, it's probably half what it was uh, at the end of last year, um, and now it's going to start climbing again. I would think it'll probably go down again if uh, if the oil price drops, like if uh, if all of these mooted vaccines don't come off and they take another twelve months or eighteen months, then people might not want to wait around for the mm. oil price to rise and they'll sell out. But at the moment, mm. it's doing fine. Or if one comes out and Catholics don't take it because uh, they have moral concerns with it. <laughs> okay, yep. Or anyone, any particular group. I don't know why Catholics would No, it's it. the, the Catholics. As I read a story on this today. Oh, okay. Archbishop, Archbishop of Sydney's complaining about the vaccine that Morrison's government has got getting from Oxford because it's been <laughs> built from a... Uh, cell culture from uh, an aborted fetus from 40 years ago and they're like oh we can't take it moral issues like yeah all the the more for the rest of us that's fine I'll have have your dose of the vaccine yeah go to the back of the line (laughs) (laughs) I thought I heard that the coronavirus had issues with Catholics taking it for moral reasons it was like oh we don't want to be associated George Pell oh anywho moving right along um Hope that answers that question. Jamie, you don't need an accounting background. Um, qualified audit or a senior exec resigns. That's pretty much it. Yeah, Tony? Yeah, that's all I can think of offhand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, if, don't, I mean, if, you don't get too worried if, about the drilling into the numbers. Well, other than to do our QAV score. Um, yeah, and if, but if, if, you, if there's a surprisingly but sorry, but if bad... You, go on. Sorry. No, after you. If there's a surprisingly bad result, I would expect we would see the, the stock price to downturn and start to test our three-point buy lines. Yeah, but you know, with STO, it would be taking quite a while. And in terms of the, the checklist, doesn't you know has no impact once we own it. Right? Yeah, once we correct. own it, the checklist score is irrelevant. 
Well, it's relevant if we want to buy some more, that's all. Right, yes, but not. it's not going to be a factor in us selling. No, that's right. Correct. Mm. Jamie's got another question. S32 is another company with poor results, but brokers like RBC maintain an outperform rating. Wood for the trees comes to mind. Can't see the wood for the trees, I think is where he's going there. I don't think that's a sexual uh, thing. Uh, that's just my head. Um, like with the comment you sent me on Skype before. <laughs> that's just where my brain goes. Well, Are I they said, just talking? I, just to get things straight, I said, long live rock. <laughs> and I thought you said you had a long... And and because that's the kind of thing that you say to me all the time off air. People don't know that about you. <laughs> Kidding, just kidding. <laughs> SD, S32. Uh, I don't know why you always drag me down into the gutter, Coniston. $2.19. Oh, these are the guys that stole their logo from Paul McCartney's album. I remember these yeah, guys. Yeah, that's right, you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Jamie's question is, it's got poor results, but RBC are giving it a plug, giving it an outperform rating. Looking at Stock Doctor, its share price is $2.19. Uh, the consensus valuation on Stock Doctor is $2.66, uh, based on 15 analysts. Um, I assume they're not all from this broker, RBC. Um, got any thoughts on S32, Tony? Have you had a look at them recently? Yeah, so the same same comments as with Santos. It's, uh, again, I mean, this is what happens. This is what regression to the mean is. The bad news has come out. We've been through the worst of COVID, hopefully, touch wood. Uh, and uh, we're starting to see the upturn. So, yeah, the results are bad. But uh, I think from memory, I, I haven't... Uh, let me just open my spreadsheets. S32 is still a buy. I'm pretty right. sure. Uh, so again, I just pay attention to the QAV score. And uh, yep, here it is, South 32. And the results have come through now into Stock Doctor. And the QAV score I'm getting for South is 0.1. So it's it's still available to be bought if people want to. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to get hung up by bad results per se. Bad results are what yeah. caused the share price to go from nearly four dollars down to a dollar seventy-five. But but, yeah. but now all the bad stuff is is in the mix, and people know about it. We should, and if we see the economy start to improve, and if we see commodity prices start to improve, so a couple of big ifs. Uh, but people are starting to think, well, it couldn't get much worse for this company, and now that we'll see the share, the share price drift upwards. And of course, if there were any other problems with the company, management would have been working hard to fix them as well, because they're incentivized to get that share price up as well. So it's, it's um, I mean, I, it's probably different during a crisis like this, but the old saying, was it sell on the rumor, buy on the fact or buy on the news, that kind of thing? Yeah. Like the people knew everyone's numbers were going to be bad. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, dumped the stock for that and, and a whole host of other reasons. But the share price has already been cut in half over mm. the last few months before the results came out. So the results being bad isn't a surprise to the market. They're like, yeah, we, we knew they were going to suck. doesn't matter. It's factored in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's a bit like Santos. It's... Um this one's a bit closer to its three-point sell line, so we may be calling it a sell at some stage in the future if it retraces, because uh, its three-point sell price is going to be around about two dollars, and it's currently two dollars nineteen. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's bouncing back up from COVID lows. 
the bad news is baked into the share price and people starting to think that maybe uh, the only way is up. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes, you get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. And also we get a a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out qavpodcast.com.au but as i said if you're brand new and you want to you're trying to figure out what's going on go back and listen to season three episodes one three and five 301 303 and 305 and then you might also want to go back and listen to season one as well all of the free episodes in season one where we go into a lot of detail about tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you if it's something that you want to go further with if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe, good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.